welcome to the Runner on Air. My name is Emiliano Tristan, and today we will be listening to a unique philosophical perspective on some contemporary issues related to the current pandemic. I would like to thank Dr. Olson for joining me today. Thank you so much, Mr. Olson, for joining me today. If you could please introduce yourself and give us a little bit uh, information about yourself and your responsibilities, as well as your role that you play um, for the campus. Sure, my name's Nate Olson. I'm a Associate Professor of Philosophy at CSUB, as well as the Associate Director of the Kegley Institute of Ethics. Um, so in those kind of roles, I'm both teaching ethics classes, like class that you're enrolled in, um, and through the uh, Ethics Institute, the Kegley Institute of Ethics, I help plan and organize and put on different kind of ethics-related events for our campus and community. Perfect, great. So then uh, this is a perfect, perfect candidate for giving uh, correct information then. <laughs> I'll try. Um, okay. I would like to start with the first question would be, are lockdowns an ethical approach to the current pandemic? So I think there's um, a lot of things that you can think about with a lockdown. Like there's many different types of lockdowns that are out there. Uh, and you can argue that there are some type of lockdowns are too restrictive. And then there's ones that are uh, not restrictive enough. But I think the general idea of having a lockdown or um, limiting the amount of things that people can do during a pandemic, I mean, I do think that's justified if you think about what the purpose of a lockdown is, is to try to save people's lives. And we have to think about in ethics, kind of the importance of what's best for the community. Um, and we also have to think about what kind of individual rights people have. And I think lockdowns are ones where you can see that sometimes those things can come into tension of what's best for the community is restricting the rights of people to do the kind of things that they want to do. And usually I think, uh, you know, we need to make sure that individual rights and even in times of a pandemic, we need to make sure that individual rights are really protected and supported. But there are justified restrictions to put on that at times where we're thinking about whether like our hospital system could be overwhelmed with the number of patients that are out there. Because I think one kind of principle of ethics that I abide to oftentimes, or I think is an important principle is something called the harm principle, where the idea is like, you're free to do what you want until you start harming other people and people through their actions in the pandemic. And they don't, you know, I mean, that's one of these really nasty things about um, coronavirus, COVID-19, is that people don't always know the way that they're endangering or could put other people in danger. Like many of the people, as many as I believe you can look up the data on this, but something like 50% of people are asymptomatic. They don't even know that they have COVID. So you can be out and think you're completely fine, but um, endanger someone else without intending to do that, without thinking about it, without even knowing that you did it. So I think those are given that kind of extraordinary situation, then that's when something like a lockdown can be justified. Interesting, interesting. And well, since we're on that uh, topic already, uh, can you put into perspective the pressure that was put on the healthcare system? 
So I, I can say, so part of what I do, my own expertise is in medical ethics and um, I serve on as a member of the ethics committee at Bakersfield Memorial Hospital. And either, either through that role or just general uh, person who follows and looking at the data about what's happening in our community, um, that especially at the end of December and in January, our hospital system really got to a point where it was like at a breaking point that they didn't have room for anyone else to be in hospitals and um, were struggling to treat all the people that were there. So it was placing this load on our system that if go beyond that, then people aren't able to get as good of care anymore. There's just not enough people or equipment or space. Really people was the biggest thing um, of thinking about it. So that's that's one kind of stress on the healthcare system. But beyond that, people who working in healthcare over the last year have worked in extremely stressful environments, working many hours, um, not with many breaks there in, conditions where they're seeing people die around them. Uh, and it, people are healthcare workers. It's something that is part of the job, but not at the magnitude or the extent that it was over the last year. So I think that kind of stress on healthcare providers also is a big um, uh, consideration to take into account. Right. And also they are on the front lines of being in danger, of course, of exposure. Yes, absolutely. And I think that was a good reason why uh, there's several reasons why it was a good idea to really prioritize healthcare workers when it came to vaccines to make sure that they had an opportunity to get it first. Um, yeah, so there, there are a lot of good reasons for that. Right. Thank you so much. The next question would be, how is COVID affecting social morale? Uh, what do you mean by social morale? Because as a society, we all have um, kind of standards by which we judge, you know, right and wrong. How is how is COVID and you know this time of crisis uh, affecting how we view, you know, right and wrong? Okay, yeah, I think that's a it's a good um, a good question, and I think there's a lot of different sorts of things that can be. Uh, we could talk about there. I mean, I think one thing, sometimes it's made some things clear to people that um, maybe they understood a little more abstractly, like about uh, ways in which different parts of our community are disproportionately affected by the pandemic. People who are lower socioeconomic status have to be oftentimes in positions where jobs that force them to be more in person, have higher rates of infection uh, for those kind of reasons, thinking about racial ethnic disparities in the pandemic and both number of cases and the number of deaths in different communities. I think those are things that have made things clear to us that were there all along that some people are more, um, don't have as much margin for error and are put in harm's way at much higher rates than other people. And I think the pandemic's really made that clear. So I think that's making some things clear that we're there all along. Um, I think as far as like our views about right or wrong and whether those have changed or not, um, it's, it's hard, I think, to know. Cause I mean, we are so disrupted our lives this past year that we've all kind of 
uh, or many of us kind of retreated to our own corners and being at home. Exactly. Give us time to reflect. Exactly. Much yeah. more. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I think that's led to for some people is, is there like a reflection on their values and a reflection on their life and what they're doing with their life? And I'm thinking about people I know that have um, moved or changed careers or made different kind of life decisions as a result of the pandemic that was sort of a chance for them to think about what they want to do with their lives and where their life was going and think about sort of a reflective aspect for people who had the opportunity maybe and the good fortune to be able to do that during the pandemic. Um, so I think that's one aspect, but also like we're so cut off, I think from other people, like we have the technology to be able to do it, but when we're able to now to go back and hopefully we're able to do that much more um, as more people get vaccinated, that uh, able to interact with other people more again. And um, I think one thing about other people is people become maybe more judgmental of other people. You see other people as uh, kind of risks to you, or you can judge what they're doing and whether they are making their own uh, decisions, smart decisions. I mean, I think it's easy to be at home and just be judgmental of other people. And that uh, when we're out and actually interacting with people, we come to understand each other better and we're, I think, less judgmental. So I think that's one thing that for me to think about myself of being less judgmental, but also I think all of us of, as we come back together of how do we better understand each other and uh, see each other in ways that in more kind of understanding ways. Right. So when we're put in that um, isolation, that it is easier for us to criticize other people than to, you know, like you said, you know, reflect upon our own ideas and stuff. Actually, this next question would be, uh, what kind, what kinds of psychological um, effects does the the pandemic cause in individuals? Um, so that's, I know, I'm, as someone who's thinking about. Uh, from a direction of philosophy and thinking about ethics, I can think about like what kind of values do people have, and um, that's something that I'm I am you know very happy to talk about. But the psychological side, I'd say I'm not an expert in that. What I can just say is more just what is more public knowledge of thinking about what other experts have said that um, there can be things that are related to mental health or. Uh, thinking about the kind of aspects of education system. But um, I think those are pretty, I want to trust the experts out there who really um, work on those type of topics and see uh, what, what kind of effects they've had. For instance, we did a, um, a panel discussion with the Kegley Institute of Ethics in September. And one of the panelists was a local pediatrician. And she was talking about at that time, the importance of children being able to have um, a safe environment, but also an environment where they can learn and have social interactions with other people. So, I mean, I think all of those are important and we've seen negative effects to that in the pandemic. Right, thank you so much for that reference. Uh, also, oh, what kind of roles do uh, emotions play on our decision-making when talking about morality? Um, so I think, our emotions are a central part of who we are. I mean, thinking about in philosophy, we'll think about reason and argument, 
but reason, argument, rationality, that's one aspect of ourselves. Our emotions are another, makes us human, makes us who we are as um, a species. And those kinds of things certainly affect, our emotions certainly affect the judgments that we make. Um, and the emotions sometimes can lead us into bad decisions when we get you know really angry and make a decision out of anger at someone else but also emotions can i think affect our moral decision making in a positive way they can make us help um, be sympathetic or um, you know feel empathy for other people and those are kinds of things where um, that can help lead us in a direction of uh, being more kind and considerate individuals. Okay, okay. Um, how can we separate those two aspects of uh, rationality and our, because you said those are the two sides, right, of the human? I mean, I do think those are two sides, um, but I don't think they're completely separate from each other either. Like, uh, you know, when we have a, um, when we become convinced by an argument that someone um, needs help, and then that can lead us to feel empathy for that person. Um, or if we become that, find out or discover an injustice in our community, then we can feel angry about that injustice. And those, so those kinds of things are I think really tied together and it's a matter of being able to um, think clearly and I think like experience the kind of emotions that are sometimes think about it as like the word apt like appropriate to a kind of circumstance that you're in like there you can get way too angry about something but then there's also a amount of anger that uh, is justified for when you see an injustice Right. And if I remember correctly, in uh, most recent class, I remember there's a quote, I believe. I feel like I think it was something about along the lines of a, a, a proper woman never made the news or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So like a um, well-behaved women never make history kind of idea. Right, right, right. I don't know. I guess I'm just confused about the what role does a. Uh, civility play in in all this how i'm trying to relate this to the the our class yeah um you think are you thinking about the pandemic of how does it relate yeah so i think that i mean i think it can go back to that idea of thinking about um be ju being judgmental of other people and being quick to judge other people um, I think that's something that we need to be cautious about, that we should be treating one another with respect and seeking out understanding of why people may make different decisions than we do. Um, you know, for one thing that's difficult for me about that is thinking about vaccines. So I think vaccines are extremely important. They're what's going to get us back to maybe not exactly the way things were before. We'll have to figure out what that's like, but it's going to be able to get our country back going. And it's hard for me to understand why someone wouldn't want to get a vaccine. Um, and it's very easy to be judgmental about that. And, you know, you could even 
make fun of decisions that people are making about that. And I, I do think the right decision is to get a vaccine, but I think that's the kind of thing where it's an idea where um, we need to approach and talk about things in a way where, for one, I have a maybe a very different experience with the healthcare system than some other people. And um, knowing people that work for healthcare system where my father-in-law was um, a doctor for his career and uh, thinking about my own place and how my own place might lead me to beliefs that I have. Um, so that's a kind of one where I think like it's important to be uh, trying to understand people's viewpoints. But at the same time, I think that's one where it shows the importance of um, discussion because I, I do think that there's a really the facts are on one side of that of thinking about why it's important to be vaccinated. Um, but I think we also need to talk and approach one another in an attitude of respect and understanding. Right. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm doing this whole interview is to, you know, uh, start that conversation, you know, um, get that conversation going about, you know, thinking about what's right and what's wrong and applying it to our own life and our current situation. Our final question um, would be future planning. How important is philosophy <laughs> to uh, future planning and how uh, we should uh, basically criticize, you know, the decisions that we're making now for, you know, better decisions in the future. So I think, um, well, I'm a philosophy professor. I'm going to say it's crucial, but uh, it, I think it is crucial um, in the way that like what philosophy is about is trying to think clearly, make decisions on the basis of good reasons and think about what reasons are out there. Think about reasons maybe on both sides and consider them fairly and come to a decision. And I think if we were more purposeful as a society and we thought about and talked in ways of let's think about what's most important to us and let's think about how we can accomplish those sorts of things, um, then I think we could do a better job about planning for future pandemics, how to protect against those sort of things. I think we need good science, um, of course, and scientists are people that um, through, for instance, the development of the vaccine, you can see how important that is to our society and help the work that healthcare providers are doing. And I think one thing that we also need is careful thinking, critical thinking, and um, being able to think about and plan for what do we want for our future. So that's the thing that uh, philosophy encourages. And I think philosophy students get a good foundation to, to develop those kind of skills. Right, yeah. And thank you so much for uh, enlightening us with on your uh, philosophical perspective. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure. I'm glad to do the interview. Yeah, thank you. And and that's it. I would like to thank everyone for joining me today. A big thank you to Dr. Olson for his time. Also, don't forget to follow The Runner on all of the major social media platforms. Once again, my name is Emiliano Tristan, signing off.